This is Crossroads, the Get Religion podcast. There is a new poll that correlates church attendance with views on abortion. It shouldn't surprise us because church attendance tends to correlate with other political views as well. The question is whether or not the mainstream media has any interest in getting into the nuances and the complexities of what real Americans, most of the middle of America, actually believes about abortion, especially at a crucial time when it appears that Roe may be on the verge of falling. Greetings and welcome to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Terry is Senior Fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi. He's author of the weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion, and he's founder and editor of Get Religion. Terry, welcome back. Glad to be here. This new poll, does it deserve mainstream media coverage or not? It does deserve coverage, but I'll be stunned if it gets it. And I I say that after watching media coverage of abortion polls for 30 plus or 40 years. And I've reached the conclusion at this point that the mainstream press is extremely uncomfortable with what Americans believe about abortion and what they know about Roe versus Wade versus what they don't know about Roe versus Wade. The central irony here is that here we have, at this point, there's if you go online and start looking for coverage of this Lifeway poll, you're going to find, of course, a Baptist press story. And then you're going to find an article written by a former Get Religionista, Mark Kellner, written for the Washington Times, a conservative newspaper. So I think at this point it's very interesting to say that a poll noting that views on abortion in America skew to a small group on the right and a small group on the left, relatively speaking, but that in the middle is a very diverse and even at times complex and self-contradictory mass of people whose views on abortion are just impossible to sum up in, in a bumper sticker. At the same time, though, they hold views that do not match what the current regime of abortion laws in America stand for based on the court's interpretation of Roe v. Wade. So you have lots and lots of people, an overwhelming majority of Americans, favor approaches to get to abortion policy that are not possible under Roe v. Wade, yet a relatively small number of those people, depending on how you add it up, is 12 plus 17 is 29. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Could be called kind of classic pro-lifers to one degree or another. Let me back that up with a little bit of language from the the spreadsheet or the talking points that came out with this poll. Around 3 in 10 Americans hold generally, crucial word there, generally pro-life views on abortion. 12% say abortion shouldn't be legal in any situation. And 17% say it shouldn't be legal in most circumstances. 
Now, you add those up, and you only get 29% of the population. And some of the beliefs about most situations get fleshed out later. Most Americans are very uncomfortable with banning abortion in cases of rape and incest, of course. But at the same time, Americans don't realize how Roe has been interpreted when it comes to being the the health of the mother being a concern that justifies abortion all the way up to the time of delivery and third trimester abortion. So the, kind of the interesting thing about this poll is that it shows Americans as being quite confused about abortion. And I find it interesting that that's something that a Southern Baptist wire service linked to this think tank and a conservative newspaper jump on to write about. Yet that confusion is not something that the mainstream press wants to shine a spotlight on and then probe deeply. I mean, I could be wrong. We could see some mainstream coverage of this in the next week or two. But like I said earlier, I'll be surprised if we do. Is part of the hesitancy on the part of mainstream press coverage for something like this, the fact that it is a poll conducted by a Baptist think tank, and and to sound kind of cynical, the mainstream press has a tendency to ignore those things? Well, that's certainly true. But what's really interesting about this, and the first thing, when I saw the results of this poll, the first thing that jumped into my mind was a book that I read three decades ago, almost three decades ago. I guess we're a year short of three decades ago, maybe two. It's a sequel to the book that has influenced me probably more than any other since leaving the newsroom, and that was James Davison Hunter's famous book, Culture Wars. You know, and people use the term culture wars all the time, but they, they, they never seem to define it the way Hunter did in that famous book, which that America can be divided now into a split nation, and it's divided not by specific religious beliefs, but by one specific philosophical issue, whether or not you believe that eternal transcendent truth is real. And he calls the conservative side of that equation the camp of the orthodox, and the other side, the the one who believes in evolving, changing truths, experiential truths. He calls that the camp of the progressives. Well, that book came out early in the 90s, and in 1994, a sequel came out, which is relevant to what we're discussing right now. And the name of that book, people can look it up, it's still in print, Before the Shooting Begins an ominous title. Before the shooting begins, searching for democracy in America's culture wars, there's a chapter in this book called The Anatomy of Ambivalence, What Americans Really Believe About Abortion. So let me remind our listeners, he's writing this, and working with a a colleague, he's writing this chapter three decades ago, and the poll data in this chapter is not from a Southern Baptist agency. It's from Gallup polls and ABC News, Washington Post. All of the numbers in this summary of American abortion views couldn't get more mainstream in terms of the polling sources. Now, this is a little bit long, 
but I think it's important for this discussion because this is the first thing that leapt into my mind when I read this Lifeway poll. So let me read from the book. Peter Jennings of ABC News announced the results of a new ABC Washington Post survey showing that about six of every ten Americans favored keeping Roe versus Wade intact. But what Mr. Jennings did not say was that only about one of every ten Americans has any real understandings of what Roe versus Wade actually mandated. One out of ten. Let me keep reading. According to the Gallup survey, one of four Americans thought Roe made abortion legal only during the first three months of pregnancy. And regardless of a woman's reason for wanting one, another one out of six believed the decision permitted abortion only during the first three months and only when the mother's life or health was threatened. Four percent actually believed the decision outlawed all abortions in the United States. Finally, almost half, 43%, collectively shrugged their shoulders, openly confessing their ignorance of the outcome of the landmark case. Another survey conducted by a Gallup affiliate at about the same time framed the question negatively, and the results were about the same. 80% of those polled disagreed that abortion was available through all nine months of pregnancy, and indeed, 65% strongly disagreed. A few sentences later, he states the thesis. After 20 years of ceaseless commentary in the media and heated debate by political pundits, almost half of all Americans still admit to having no knowledge of what Roe accomplished. And most of the rest get it wrong. Now, that can give you a lot of different positions in the middle of the two classic positions. In other words, you have a very small number of people who understand what Roe did and absolutely defend it still to this day. That shows up in this new Baptist think tank poll. At the same time, you have a relatively small number of Americans who believe that life begins at conception and abortion should be wrong in all circumstances, or concede a kind of practical degree there and say something like abortion should only be legal if you have rape, incest, or a clear threat to the physical life of the mother, some sort of compromise like that. You can see why I don't think the media wants to cover this very much. In effect, what we're saying is that after decades of intense coverage of abortion, most Americans have almost no understanding of abortion policy in American life. And it's pretty hard to accept and look at those Gallup numbers that go on and on without concluding that the media has not exactly communicated the actual facts of Roe. Once again, let me read one crucial sentence, that negative statement. 80% of those polled disagreed with the statement that abortion was available through all nine months of pregnancy. And 65% disagreed strongly. And of course, abortion is available through all nine months of pregnancy 
in the United States under the companion cases that go with Roe. And apparently very, very few Americans have any idea that that's true. Let's talk about how church attendance tends to correlate with a number of political realities in American religious life and American political life, not just views of abortion. Yes, and that also has been true for a long time. I think listeners need to hear me say that I'm well aware of the fact that there are atheist pro-lifers. There are political liberals who are pro-lifers. There's an organization for LGBTQ people who are pro-life. But when you look at the dominant numbers in the groups that would call themselves consistently pro-life, you, you once again hit a wide range of conservative religious believers. And you also run into you know, the, that dangerous vanishing breed called the, uh, the pro-life Democrat, most of whom end up being Latinos or African-Americans. But there's no question that church attendance and a basic conservative approach to morality that's consistent with centuries of Judeo-Christian thought. There's no question that people who go to religious worship are active in religious congregations and hold views consistent with most traditional forms of faith are politically different animals than the people who are intensely secular and define their life in large part in recent decades as opposition to traditional forms of religion, especially on matters of the sexual revolution. This has developed a term among political thinkers called the Pew Gap. And the Republicans know all about it, the Democrats know all about it, and are struggling with it. Now, in all the years that you and I have been working together on this podcast, you've heard me read a famous passage out of a piece from The Atlantic. It was written by Thomas Edsel, a Columbia Journalism School professor who writes for the Washington Post a lot. And Thomas B. Edsel wrote a, a story called Blue Movie. And blue as in R-rated, X-rated, etc. Blue Movie, standing for kind of liberal morality. And here is that passage again, which I want to share with readers. It says this, early in the 1996 election campaign, Dick Morris and Mark Penn, two of Bill Clinton's advisors, discovered a polling technique that proved to be one of the best ways of determining whether a voter was more likely to choose Clinton or Bob Dole for president. And he goes on to say they asked five questions, four of which were about sex. And here's the questions. Do you believe homosexuality is morally wrong? Do you ever personally look at pornography? Would you look down on someone who had an affair while married? Do you believe sex before marriage is morally wrong? And then the fifth question was whether, quote, religion was very important in the voter's life. And what they found out in this classic article, they found out that if you answered three of the five questions with a liberal moral perspective on the sexual revolution, and morality in general, you are overwhelmingly likely to have voted for Bill Clinton. 
but if you answered three or four of the questions from a traditional religious perspective, you gave negative responses to these things, and you said religion was very important in your life, you were overwhelmingly likely to vote for Bob Dole. Now, once again, this is not new. This is the 1996 election we're talking about. So this Pew Gap, it's interesting that they didn't ask about abortion in that survey, and maybe it was wise not to, because once again, you'd have to deal with the fact that most Americans don't understand the current state of abortion law in America. So thus, the you're going to get a very splintered shotgun approach to answering and a question on abortion. But they did ask a number of other questions that are doctrines in the church of the sexual revolution that are closely related to abortion. You're probably familiar with the old statement that abortion is the sacrament of the church of the sexual revolution or people who would make similar comments. So the Pew Gap has been around a long time. It certainly precedes the Trump era. It certainly was a part of the Jesus land versus the United States of Canada memes and images that came out of the George W. Bush versus Vice President Gore election, those famous maps. So this is a part of us. This is a part of America. And I don't see it vanishing anytime soon. In fact, we seem to be getting pushed further and further to the sides of this spectrum by our media, social media in particular. All right. So what other angles do you think, if someone were to decide to talk about this poll that correlates church attendance with abortion views, what other angles besides that obvious one do you think should be pursued? Well, I think, you know, the other night on HBO, uh, Bill Mayer made a comment, how did he not know that American abortion laws were actually to the political and cultural left of most of Europe? I think one doorway into this subject would be to point out that the views that most Americans hold on abortion, this, this, this center, this complex, at, to, from my pro-life perspective, muddled perspective in the middle, that these people hold views that, A, are very similar to what you would see in Europe. In modern Europe, which the left tends to kind of worship, our laws are much more culturally and morally liberal on abortion than most European laws. So that's point one. And point two, I think you should also point out the degree to which in a poll like this one and corresponding Gallup polls, it wouldn't be hard to find other poll material over recent decades that resemble the results in this Lifeway poll from the Southern Baptist Think Tank at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So you could do something on what do our laws actually say about abortion and how does that relate to Europe? And then you could point out, if you were brave enough to do it, you could point out that most Americans don't realize that the reason we can't have laws that are similar to Europe or resemble the kind of more moderate centrist position of Europe 
is we can't get to those laws under Roe v. Wade, which means that if Roe v. Wade goes down, you and I discussed this a couple of weeks ago, if Roe v. Wade falls in the Supreme Court, we're immediately, in a lot of American states, going to have debates about abortion laws that would fall in the middle of the spectrum between the old Roe regime and a consistently pro-life regime. This kind of centrist, middle European approach is all of a sudden going to end up in state politics as a dominant issue. And at some point, the press is going to have to cover that if, in fact, Roe falls. You had mentioned Bill Maher. I seem to remember that very shortly, perhaps even within hours of the Alito draft decision being leaked several weeks ago and the media uh, firestorm that it created, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, the editorial board of the Washington Post it, they tweeted something about this, well, this is going to put America out of step with the rest of the world. And they fact-checked themselves. Yes. And they came out afterwards and said, we spoke too soon. It's actually going to put us a lot closer to where the rest of the world yeah, is on this wh- issue. Who knows? That might be what HBO's favorite libertarian liberal comic spotted. It could be that that's what he saw was when the Washington Post had to kind of make that awkward confession. But there's no doubt that if you're looking ahead for, like, say, the first two to three years after a Supreme Court decision that eliminates Roe, we're going to end up with a lot of people arguing things in the middle. And this brings me to kind of my concluding statement here that I think is so ironic. One of the things we've talked about over the years is how in America the center of the political and cultural spectrum is vanishing. And the center of the media spectrum is vanishing. Everything's getting more and more advocacy based on the two extremes. And one of the primary things that's caused the vanishing of the middle of American culture is our political battles over the Supreme Court and who controls the Supreme Court. And a lot of that dates back to Roe, which is so ironic that as we're pushed to the left and right, the polls still indicate that on issues of abortion, most Americans are somewhere in the middle. Yet, one of the main things we're not hearing from our mainstream press is how the middle views clash with Roe and clash with the laws and regime that's come after Roe. And, for example, clash with the bill the Democrats recently wrote up and it failed to pass that would have codified Roe and have even gone beyond Roe. And that's been endorsed by Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and others. So this, there's so many ironies in the subject of abortion polling. And I really think it's going to be a very relevant subject in the next year or two. If, in fact, Roe either falls or the court chooses to try to somehow stretch Roe to allow laws like the ones being proposed in states like Louisiana, Mississippi, and elsewhere. So hang on. It's complex, and at some point the press is going to have to face that. And when they do, is the first order of business clearing up the misconceptions about what Roe was, even if Roe is moot by that point? 
does good journalism need to say this is where we were really even though most Americans yeah. didn't know it and apparently a lot of people in the Democratic Party weren't aware of both that and of the real sentiments of the American people. Well, yeah, that should be, like I said, part of that double agenda. Look at what Europe actually does. Look at what we actually do. Then look at what the polls for decades have actually stated. But I've already said that this Lifeway poll, which to some degree is a part of that complex picture, I've already said it deserves media coverage. But I'll be shocked if it gets it. And what we're saying here is we have a journalism problem that has helped create American confusion on this issue in the public as a whole. Is part of the hesitancy for them, for the mainstream press, to cover something like this, and I think I heard you say something like this earlier, really having to admit that they haven't done their job when it comes to Roe at all? Well, yeah, like that kind of reluctant correction in the fact-checking by the Washington Post. The vast majority of people in elite newsrooms, and once again, there's decades of data on this, the vast majority of people in elite newsrooms are out of step with the views of the American people on this issue, even though, and I stress this again, the majority of the American people do not hold what would classically be defined as a pro-life view, but they also don't hold a strictly constructioned, literal view of Roe v. Wade. And like that poll said, what, nine out of ten, this Gallup material from long ago, that only about one out of every ten Americans has any understanding of what Roe v. Wade produced as, an, as a legal regime. And I don't know how you say that without, to some degree, blaming the media for some of that confusion. Finally, is this part of, I mean, just as a kind of journalist perspective, is this part of what a Newsweek reporter several months ago observed about journalism in general, that it's moved from a working class mindset to an urban elitist mindset and then becomes out of touch with the average American? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, even when I was breaking into journalism, the best reporter in our newsroom sitting across from me didn't have a college degree, and he was an ex-Marine. And he was the best guy in the room. And there are many other examples I could give you. But that's why we use the term a lot at Get Religion, that we refer to a particular section of the media as the Acela zone, A-C-E-L-A zone. And if you look that up, that's the high-speed train that runs from, like, Washington, D.C. to Boston and is much beloved by power brokers in the big, deep blue cities along that route. And yes, most of America's elite journalists live, work, and were trained in the Acela Zone. And they're not very familiar with what's going on out there in Jesus Land or flyover country or whatever term you want to use. They may be scared of what's going on out there, but they don't know much about it. At some point, to quote the former Omsbud person for the New York Times, Liz Spayed, at some point, institutions like the New York Times have to ask themselves the question, 
do they actually want to cover the other half of America? She wrote a number of columns about that, and of course we all remember what happened to Liz Spayette. They fired her. Terry Mattingly is Senior Fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi. He is author of the Weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion, and he's founder and editor of Get Religion. Terry, thank you very much for your time. Glad to be here. I'm Todd Wilkin. I'll talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. Crossroads is a production of Get Religion, part of the First Amendment projects at the Overby Center at the University of Mississippi. If you appreciate this podcast, please make a secure online tax-deductible donation at getreligion.org.